Oh, man. We have to be more buttoned up because we have a guest here. <laughs> we have to be more buttoned up? I think our guest uh, we, would be like, equally hey, l- keep it laid back, friends. Well, it's, I don't, I just feel like I've been, when I, we say we, I mean I. And when I say I, I mean, why did I start the show like this? Uh, this is Yo, Is This Racist? Uh, this is Yo, Is This Racist? Why are we like this? Goodbye. Why are we like this? Peace. Uh, no, uh, I'm Andrew T. That's Tani Newsom. Uh, producer Kevin is here. And Hari Kondabolu is also here, uh, which you probably saw because it was written down on your podcast app. But I have to treat it like it's a secret. A surprise. Hi, oh, no. Did, did I, lose did Hari? I do oh, no. I, I didn't open? know you wanted me to talk. I was just like, <laughs> oh. I thought, is there an intro part? <laughs> so I was like, I was, I was waiting for the cue, like, Hey, Harry, how's it going? Oh, oh it's shit. Going. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have done such a shitty intro that you that, that Harry just... like, is it time to cut in? We usually have a live bounce. band that plays, but we gave them the day off. So Man, I am so fault. sorry. We're, we're clearly out of practice with having a guest on. So thank you for being here. Thank you for rolling with me and my specific shortcomings. No, I, I appreciate uh, being here. I, I just flew in from Cleveland, Ohio, and... Uh, I am glad I'm here. Man. And when you say here, we're still not all in the same room. So you could be lying to us. You could still be in Cleveland. We don't know where you are. I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in okay, Brooklyn, I guess I New York. That. Yes. <laughs> that tracks. That sounds all right. How was Cleveland? You were there doing uh, doing some stand-up shows, yeah? I was doing stand-up shows. Um, you know, the first the first show in Cleveland was good, really good on a Thursday. And I'm like, wow. Things have changed. I'm bringing it. <laughs> the people of Cleveland love me more than ever. And then I discovered uh, in the following two days that that would be the highlight of the run of shows. Oh, man. Uh, because on Friday, uh, the show started. I, I had the great uh, Mohanad El Shaky opening. Fantastic comedian. Oh, love oh him. yeah. Mohanad brings me out. And uh, I'm just like, all right, I'm excited. Thursday was killer. Let's do this. There's a white lady. And uh, I believe her partner was also white in the front row, and she was wearing a bright red wig. And that oh. initially got me some pause because it's like, huh, if, you, if you're somebody who's wearing a bright red wig, you want yeah. some attention, clearly. And uh, the tension is supposed to be on me. So this could be a conflict. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I get on stage. She immediately starts yelling something out. I'm like, oh, I haven't no. even said my first word yet. I haven't even started the show. I just got on set. I was just saying hello to the audience. He's like, hurry, hurry. And she's like calling me over. I'm like, wow. Oh, like, there's a, there are people here. Um, and I'm like, okay, yes. What is it that you have to tell me now that we're, you're disturbing the show? It's like, I just got to tell you this story. So we bought tickets, so excited. And then uh, we got an automated uh, message to tell us the show. Uh, was happening, and they pronounced your name Harry Kinda Blue. That's the end of the story. Oh, I had to stop uh, the whole show so she oh could tell me that story, and then I had to repeat the story to the rest of the audience so they knew what was happening. <laughs> oh and, then they, and they also didn't laugh, because it wasn't sure. funny. <laughs> and so I tried to, I'm like, alright, let me save the Saved the show a little bit, and I made some jokes and about just the idea that this is you thought this was funny, and sure. I said, and then I said something. Oh, surprised person with uh, bright red hair uh, wants attention. Um, <laughs> and she did not like that. She did not like that. She gave me double middle fingers. 
and I'm like, this is not, this is not good because you've interrupted the show and you've given me double middle fingers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if it was just start. one, maybe we could work with it. <laughs> so then I, I started making some jokes about uh, how how stand up works. If you notice, uh, everyone is looking at me. I have a. <laughs> I have a machine that uh, you know amplifies my voice. Machine. Uh, if you've ever seen anything ever, you'll know that uh, the person who is surrounded is the center of attention. And, and so I'm like kind of just teasing it out a bit. She then stands up and gets on stage. What? Oh, no. Which at, oh, at no. which point I am no longer goofing. Like like right. face, and I, I saw somebody took a video who was from the club and I'm like, oh, my face just dropped. Like up to that point, I was just playing along and I just without hesitation, I was like, you need to leave. Sure. It's, it's yeah. time for you to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. The audience clearly is like, he's not happy. It's time to go. It's time to leave. The manager uh, kicked her out, which I will say there was some joy in the fact that I asked the manager to kick her out. So essentially, I out karen a Karen. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> nice work. It was like a duel. And I'm like, let's see who's going to get to the manager first. Oh, guess what? I did. You're out, Karen. And then and then she left. And I'm, you know, obviously, she's very upset about uh, being kicked out. But she had to be kicked out. And I said on stage, there's going to be something on Twitter afterwards. I have a strong feeling she's not going to let this go. I get back to the hotel after. There's a message from her on Twitter, right? Ba- of course. And Aww. she basically says, I went to Hari Kondabolu's show. She asked me, you know, make sure I see it, that I've been waiting forever for. And uh, I just had a conversation with him. And he made some comment about my hair. And then I just sat on the stage and they threw me out. Yes. Wow. Right. That's exactly what happened, that ma'am. Is, you shouldn't have done it, most of that. That's and, and it was just the entitlement of like, wow, you literally said what you did wrong and still have no idea what the issue is. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And then All I, I <laughs> and so you know, I, I obviously I wrote the message. I, I basically said a woman, a white woman at the show. Uh, wearing a red wig, did this, this, and this, and one of these things will get you kicked out. And she did the trifecta, and she was angry. And she left, and people are making comments, and you know, th- mm-hmm. there's a whole contingent of people who are like, "This is bullshit. I can't believe." This. And then, of course, when the the message gets retweeted enough times, you start getting, "Why does she have to be white? Why do you have to say her race? Why is it imp- <laughs> why is it important that she's a woman? Why is it important that she's white? Why why is any of this irrelevant? Can't she just be a bad audience member?" And then there's the other people who are like, oh, of course it matters. The level of entitlement you have to have to speak over a person of color, not even speak over, prevent me from getting the show started, is clearly relevant. And then, with no shame, she chimes in <laughs> and starts going at it. And I'm like, this is this is absurd. <laughs> so now the thing has, I don't know, like three, four, how many likes? It's like thousands of people have yeah. commented in on it. And I'm like, it was not a big, it wasn't that big a thing. And it became, it became I, this huge thing. I just checked. It has like, uh, oh, I just scrolled away. 26,000, 27,000 oh, likes. Is it wow. not up to that now? So yeah. clearly plenty of people found your telling of it to be interesting, <laughs> I guess we could say. Also like using white, and using like woman, like these are descriptors to, that you just use when you're telling a, a story, when you're describe, when you're setting a scene. What the Twitter whites were arguing was 
Um, well, how come if it was a black woman, would you have described her as a black woman? Uh, first of all, why are you throwing <laughs> black women into this? This has nothing to do with black women. Why are you all of a sudden like, you know, bringing yeah. black women? It's like this is how you. You're, this is exactly the problem. Like, this yeah, is almost the entitlement just from that already. Secondly, it's almost always white people. Yeah, almost yeah. always. Yeah. I had a black woman heckle me in San Francisco the previous week. Do you know what her heckle was? Repeating the word civil rights. It was the best heckle <laughs> I've gotten in my life. She never interrupted a joke. Whenever she thought a joke was righteous, she waited for the silence and she yelled, civil rights that's it and she was so good at heckling she never interrupted a joke to the point where i told her in front of the audience your performance tonight has been magnificent i have never commented at heckler before and she's like well they told me to stop yelling i'm like I'm giving you permission <laughs> to talk whenever you want to talk during the show. And I have never said that before. More you know heckle. exactly how to merge into joke traffic. <laughs> you never interrupt. You slip it in right at the right time. See, that's what I get in the in, in most. Like, if it's a person of color, it's either somebody who's too... Like, I got a heckle last night. I made... You know, s some joke about tragedies and somebody in the audience yelled out, 1492! That's a person of color heckle, right? Yeah. Mentioning Columbus and colonialism. Those are the people of color heckles I get normally, right? Heckles this of white color. woman just wanted attention. She just wanted attention. And and so that's her being white completely re relevant. And yeah. the woman part is relevant too, I think. I feel like it, it's the it, it's the entitlement of there's nothing you can do in this yeah. situation. Mostly yeah, it's right. white men, to be fair, at my shows. It's mostly white men who heckle. Yeah. But like oh, this right. was the, this circumstance, I felt like gender and race were necessary in the description. All I did was sit on the stage is such a wild defense of your behavior oh. at a show. <laughs> yeah. Like just the universe where you think that is exonerating puts you in a different brain than any brain that makes Yeah. Sense. It just says you've operated with a different set of a different number of people have told you no in your life than have told me. <laughs> Just a different number have said, yeah. hey, don't fucking do that. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Holy shit. Get off shit. the fucking stage. Wow. We, ca we caught you at the one of the wildest times. I'm, I'm very sorry you had to go through that. That's how, Well, especially, too, it's like, you know, just like anything can fucking happen when people jump on a stage yes like it's like oh yeah and i told the audience look i'm not Chappelle. no one's gonna try to kill me but still like i don't <laughs> this is not something that should be okay yeah you know? yeah. yeah yeah that's well sorry you had to go through that but uh i do feel like we are the specific beneficiaries of this specific energy right now honestly yeah, i we'll would take be it. the I would be this riled up and would be telling you the story even if we weren't recording. I needed to tell other people of color yes. who understand what I'm talking about, who don't think it's wild that, how dare you mention her race? Why oh is that relevant God. in a story? What are you talking yeah. about? It really is like, yeah. the, the people that think that is some kind of mic drop, like, what if, what if she had been black? It's like, I don't know. Is there some way that black and white people have been treated differently in our society that might be relevant here? I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
People's responses to her saying that were um, not she didn't say that, but the responses to other people saying, why does it matter? Or were hilarious. There was one person. Like, why? Why did it have to be a comedy show? Why did you have to be a stand up comic? Why, why isn't the earth made of pudding? Which was my favorite. That's my personal favorite. Oh. And like, yeah, the 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 Twitter response afterwards is the part I'm especially sorry for, because, I mean, you've been doing stand up a long time. I know you know how to handle yourself with a heckler, but like the the just the density of people not seeing that you were you were telling this anecdote in a way that was painting a picture about privilege and mm-hmm. you know entitlement yeah. and people yeah. pretending to be so dense that's the part that really annoys me because the, like y'all are not stupid you know why he said white woman we all know why he said white woman yeah. it tells the it tells a fuller picture of what was going on Mm-hmm. Well, somebody said you should have just said Karen and that would have solved the problem. And I'm like, but- you're that afraid of the word white? The word white <laughs> is that upsetting to be named, yeah. to be named yeah. racially upset. To that. How do the rest of us feel? Also, yeah. like that word is over. It's been over. It's annoying to me now. Like, it's fine to use it here and there. But like, come on. Ari's a professional. He <laughs> he doesn't need to use the no. Internet word du jour right, in order to, to yeah. get his point across. <laughs> He could tell yeah. you what was going on with human language. <laughs> like normal, just normal, yeah. actual words. Yeah, we don't all oh. have to speak in fucking p- Twitter pigeon. <laughs> it's almost easier, I think, for people to accept the word Karen because it's like, well, I'm not Karen. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's almost some like distinction. If you say white woman, that could right. be anybody. That could be me. If it's a white yeah. person, it could be me. But if you say Karen, it's, oh, we're not Karen. You know, there's yeah. a way to create a, a clear break. It's that, like, not all men energy. Yeah. It's like, yes. if you say that shit, perhaps not all men, but certainly you. And if you're so worried, like, if you're feeling like, well, that couldn't be me. What, like, me, if, if it's not you, it's not you. If I'm not yep. talking about you, yep. I'm not talking about you. If you, if you somewhere deep in your psyche think, I'm the type to show up in a bright red cosplay wig and climb on the stage, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. a problem. If you identify with this woman just simply because you're also white and she was called white. Like, if that's not you, why are you mad? Yeah. People yeah. are so obtuse. It's so the, your problem, this is a you problem of it, just gets very evident. Holy fuck. Uh, to be fair, with, with the use of the word Karen, I did call her Little Orphan Karen. Was... <laughs> and see, that's what we call a punch up. That's why you're yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. I was is... pre- I've been prepping for a special I'm recording at the end of the year. And part of me was like, well, this is not going to help my preparation. And then the <laughs> other part of me is like, no, this is the beginning to the next special. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is useful, even though it's probably unpleasant i have Correct. to imagine yeah <laughs> damn dog um well how has touring been otherwise how's getting the special ready how you how you doing with all that it's been good you know i've been really systematic about how i work which is very different than it used to be because i feel like i was very romantic about like you know art just hap it just comes together <laughs> and you figure right, it out right. and then after you have a kid you're like no that's not how paychecks work um, yeah I, I need to feed this child <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a little, you know, I've been very focused, been touring since March. I'm recording the thing at the end of like June 30th and July 1st at the Bell House in Brooklyn. And I'm like, OK, that's my target. So the first bunch of shows are going to be at comedy clubs where it's going to be harder, where I'm going to have to work. Richmond, Virginia. Let's just let's just just get through it. You know what I mean? Sure. And then the last bunch of shows are going to be like like in Little Rock's places, Rock 
places and theaters and, and the kinds of places where like they're there to see me to try mm-hmm. to make it feel like those bell house recordings. So, mm. you know, and I've never been this deliberate, you know, and I am like micromanage everything, but like, I'm just like busting my butt trying to get this thing to be, you know, I just couldn't wait anymore. Like I could have probably right. waited yeah. longer, but I'm like, I got another hour waiting that I'm super excited about. And, you know, I just had a kid and I feel like I need to talk about that now. I can't, if I talk about COVID in three years, does that make any sense? Like, <laughs> right. I, hope, I hope it doesn't, you know? Yeah. So, I, so, you know, I it feels, it feels good to be back on stage. It's weird being away from, you know, my partner and, and my child. That's a new feeling. Like the desire to come home is, is a new feeling. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been good, you know, other, and, and stories like this, you know, they happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, do they happen? Yeah, they happen. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. this one's this one's pretty special, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> this Before I said anything, I didn't even get a word out. <laughs> I I've told this story on here before, but when I was at Second City, my favorite heckle was because people would just be bombed. You know, it's Chicago. Everyone's just wasted because they were like at a Cubs game all day. And then they're like, (laughs) let's see two hours of patient sketch comedy at night. Um, And literally we had stepped on stage. It was the eight o'clock show. So it wasn't even the late show. We had stepped on stage and all we did was like the lights come up and one person steps forward to start a scene. And that week it was my turn. And I stepped forward. No words have been spoken. I stepped forward and I just say, hi, my name's Lisa. And this just the the thickest, drunkest voice from the back of the room just goes, liar. <laughs> <laughs> and it threw me, but honestly, I wanted to be like, well, lady, you're right. What you're about to see is two hours of just liars lying at you. Oh That's what God. sketch comedy is, is just a bunch of fast little lies. <laughs> I wonder so how she's wrong. I wonder how she sees any movie. Like, yeah. this isn't a documentary. <laughs> I, that looks like, that's Brad Pitt. I think that's Brad Pitt. That's not Billy Bean. This, has, this isn't Billy Bean. That's Brad Pitt. That's Brad Pitt mad at a movie because you're like, wait, what? You expect me to believe all them know each other? Brad Pitt knows her. I kind of like that energy now. Just literal. <laughs> Just like every entertainment must be literal. Yeah. And anything else is an affront to reality. She turns on the radio and she's like, uh, okay, how do you all know the words at once? <laughs> how do you all know to sing together at the same time? How do all these singers get inside this little box in my house? Fucking Amelia Bedelia ass drunk lady. <laughs> Maybe it's the character. Maybe it's because I have a child now, but that Amelia Bedelia punchline <laughs> hit harder than I ever would have in the past. Thank you so much. I do love Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> I love her ass. I love her literally because I think she was the first troll. Sorry, y'all, we're going to get to the racism, but first, just a quick <laughs> type five on Amelia Bedelia. She was the first troll because I don't think she believed any of that wacky shit she'd be doing. But like, I'll just do it. I'm going to do it just to see who gets so annoyed with me. They stop asking me to do chores. Is that is that shit public domain yet? I think you need to pitch the gritty Bedelia. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Feature. Like, like Bel Air. I need to pitch it yeah. for a streaming platform. The hour long. <laughs> Peacock <Yeah>. presents <laughs> Bedelia. <laughs> Bedelia with it. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> All right, I'll work on it. I got some meetings. Oh. Yeah, why not? Oh my god! Um, well, let's see. Uh, Hari, um, so we're we're going into the break. Um, but uh, why don't is there 
let's see, what's the best way? Not like to, we don't have to do all the Twitter stuff, but you have shows upcoming, right? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm recording my special June 30th and July 1st at the Bell House in Ooh. Brooklyn. I'm doing a, a bunch of shows to warm up. Like I'm in Chicago at the Den Theater. Oh, from fun. June. It's gonna. I'm so excited about that. June 23rd to the 25th. Baltimore at Creative Alliance on the 28th. Um, and uh, Minneapolis at uh, the Cedar on the uh, on the 18th. And this comes out this week, right? Yep. Yeah. Wednesday. Be out Wednesday. So then Houston on the 10th uh, at. Uh, the Secret Group and the 11th in Detroit at the Majestic. So I'm ending it with a bunch of cities I like absolutely love. Not to say that I hate Cleveland. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, cities that like I, I've really enjoyed playing repeatedly in the past, and I'm more like and, and I'm likely to go to more than once every five or six years after I've recovered from the previous time I was there. Mm-hmm. So uh, yep. feeling good about about these shows. And hurrykundabolu.com is where you can. Get ticket info. So most likely you'll type in H-A-R-I and the word comedian on Google. And my website is Google. <laughs> my website is Google. And we'll, uh, we'll put your uh, website in the description link. So everybody look at your uh, podcatcher yeah. of choice. Look down at your phone. A little, a we little know you're on your phone. Look at it and just put the, just touch the little button. Just touch no, the little. No, the other one. Okay, yes, you got it. <laughs> okay, and if you're driving, be careful. But yeah, mm. go, uh, go find Harry's tour dates and go see him live. I can tell you, he's a lot of fun. You're going to have a great time. If you had a great yeah. time listening to his voice, you're going to have a great time seeing his yeah. face. <laughs> and do not Get rush the stage. stage. Please right. do not rush the stage. You know, just throwing it out there. Just consider not rushing the stage. We know everyone wants to. That's all all they want to do. But to please do not fucking do that shit. Yeah, this is not the time. Um, um, yeah, let's take a little break and we'll come back with the motherfucking voicemails. Hell yeah. We're back. We back. All right. So anyone who was tuning in, anyone who's brand new to this show, you know, we've gone, we've done, we've been doing the guest list format. That's true. For a while, yeah, which I like. people here who are just Hori fans. That's. Yeah. Because I like that then when a guest does come, it's like a little treat and we're like, hey, we've got a friend and we have someone to impress. Like we bring out all our little toys. We have friends. We're cool. <laughs> That's what we're yep. like. We're showing <laughs> Hari our fire trucks and shit. So that's what I feel like these voicemails are. These are our sad toys that we're <laughs> bringing out to show him and see what he thinks about it. You know how you have to, like the little kid, you have to be like, oh, cool truck. That's what, Hari, that's what you have to do with these wild ass people's voicemails. I've had practice with both these things, both with yeah. these racist voicemails as well as, uh, nice truck, kid. Yep. Where'd you get that truck? Was it from me? <laughs> Oh, that's Great. right. So, I bought it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got the energy down perfectly. Um, I have not listened to these ahead of time. Just a, a quick poll. Kevin, did you listen to these ahead of time? Yeah. Wow. You well, broke quick, ranks with me. Quicker poll. Do I remember what they are? I don't. We'll okay. See. That's not so much a poll as it is a, a just a question for yourself. <laughs> Personal question. Yo. First time, long time. Okay, so I am a black man. I work in tech. I am a senior software engineer. One of the managers at my job said recently, you know, I would like to hire some more entry-level engineers so that we can have more diversity. 
And it took a second for that to sink in. But, um, yeah, I don't have any question. I just, <laughs> you know, that was like Want a to snitch ago. on your boss? <laughs> and it's still, um, still sometimes I think about that and I'm like, wow, he really said that. He's also <laughs> part of the DEIC committee. So that's cool. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that DEIC is, uh, diversity, equity, inc- inclusion, inclusion. Yeah. In committee. conclusion. Committee. committee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Something I thought like it was that. just a dick joke. <laughs> yeah. The D he a dick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this is sort of a, the, the thing I had wanted to like, um, like, sort of see if we could maybe coalesce around question wise is a little thank you for the snitch caller we love Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. when you snitch on uh your racist bosses but like got to imagine this uh this white boss thinks they're doing the right thing and maybe they kind of are sure um but you know this idea that like like in in traditionally we'll call them white spaces um you know whether whether it's things like stand up or like writers rooms or tech the tech world um like breaking new talent but then like kind of like and making an effort to bring diverse uh you know representative viewpoints in but then also sort of acknowledging that you're starting them at the lowest level yeah. um what do you, like is there a way to help make that better huh it's, I see. I don't know enough about how tech works, but I do know it's racist. So my instinct, first of all, is that <laughs> this must be racist because it's tech. Yeah. Second, second, he said uh, tech industry. Uh, yeah. Senior, senior. I mean, oh, he's been there a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then I was because I wondered why he was talking so slowly. So either he's like the chillest person in the world, or he's so tired. <laughs> he's just worn the fuck out by this place. Yeah. I mean, it's good to give people opportunities, uh, especially when they start their careers. Like, that was my first thought. Like, isn't that a positive thing to, mm-hmm. like, okay, like, you, you, you start here, you move people up, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, that's, you're, you're growing diversity fr- from the very early stages. And at the same time, it's like, well, how does this really work? What's going to happen probably is if you do hire these folks at these stages, at some point they're going to be hit with a, a white roadblock, which would be some white person that keeps getting senior management positions or comes from another place that gets the job. So the so the idea of like starting there is yeah. it, it kind of feels like, you know, there's tons of people of color that get like roadblocked from yeah. upper management positions. I mean, in TV, you see it a lot. It's like, Okay, there's some writers and there's some producers, but none of the executive producers, none yeah. of the network people, mm-hmm. often not the director. Like th- it's like the positions of power are the ones that they're you know yeah. they're excluded from because that's when you you know you have a, a people are getting jobs. But it, I yeah. think at a certain point, you know, tokenism is just quantity over quality in a way. Yeah. That's a different type of mm-hmm. you know, and and I'm not talking about of the candidate. Like quality of Mm -hmm. the job, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? The The the, change they're able to affect. The change they're able to affect, because it, you know, when you take the company photo, it looks good, but like, Mm -hmm. will these folks ever get a chance to be in charge? At what point is there a ceiling? Like, all right, I love people of color working with me, but I don't want people of color I have to work for. 
Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and when like decisions are being made, because the whole point of having, you know, representation of having diverse viewpoints and perspectives in any industry is so that those uh, viewpoints and perspectives can trickle down into the product or service that you're providing so that your customers or viewers or people enjoying it or patrons or whatever you call them are able to engage with your thing, your product or service or whatever, in a way that is better for them and for their you know uh f- that matches their perspective so if you don't have these people in a position of power in order to affect that change if you don't have if you have a bunch of brown people at your job but in a meeting if they all speak up and go hey the um the this is tech so like i don't know the the hand washing sensors they don't recognize dark skin or whatever we've noticed this whatever but at the top it's still a bunch of white people being like i don't really think that's that much of a problem then nothing changes and your quote-unquote diversity hires aren't actually even doing what you think that they're doing. So you got to empower people, meaning you have to hire senior level people if you're really serious about diversity. And I think this happens a lot. People get like halfway there. Like they think, I'm going to get a bunch of staff writers that are all brown and queer and different. Aren't I great? And then like Andrew said, every executive producer, or like Hari said, is a white person. And it's like, well, are you really listening to that? Are you giving their words the same weight that you're giving... Jim from the studio side. <laughs> it's the it's the like it's the necessary but not sufficient of like right. affirmative action or like diversity programs or or whatever. Just like and but I think that the thing that the the caller was really flagging was that in this like well-meaning ish white man's head, like diversity equals lower level. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's what that is, and that's just like one of those things that like it's so hard to you know because it is also like that's the process right you have to bring in people lower level and then and then they will gain experience and get and rise up the ranks but like you know we've been at this long enough that this shouldn't be the case like you shouldn't have to think of these folks in those ways maybe tech hasn't but um um, yeah. This sort of ties in with, we could have talked about it in the beginning, but we weren't really doing news. But I feel I should mention um, the actress Moses Ingram, who oh, yes. uh, is in the new Obi-Wan show. It's a show, right? On Disney+. Plus. I don't do Star Wars. Obi- you guys know this. Obi-Wan Shinobi. O- Obi-Wan, okay. <laughs> Obi-Wan no- Kenobi. I'm familiar with the character. Ken Shobi. That's what everyone's so okay. mad. Everyone's <laughs> mad at us last week for our Doctor Who butchering. You're going to be even madder this week about the Star Wars thing. Um, but so Moses Ingram, Moses Ingram, a black woman, uh, is in the show as Reva. I think her character name is, and she got a bunch mm-hmm. of racist backlash the second the first episode came out. Of which she's in like I think s- six minutes or something ridiculous, and everybody freaked out. And you know, all the racists called her the N word, and she got a bunch of hateful. Uh, messaging whatever um so then a bunch of people have come out to support her which is great we love an ally but specifically i want to talk about how the star wars like account or whoever's in charge of the brand put out a statement and said something i think kind of not great basically being like with thousands of aliens in the galaxy don't choose to be racist it's like well also black people aren't aliens we're just the other people on this <laughs> earth also helping you make this television show that is fictional mm. but we're the real people but anyway um <laughs> but 
it, it was interesting that they chose to put out a statement this time, but they did not choose to do that, you know, when Kelly Marie Tran was getting harassed and still continues to get harassed, when John Boyega was, you know, damn near shouted out of the franchise just when the trailer dropped. Like, there's so many examples of this having happened and and the franchise, the the, you know, the brand keeping quiet about it. So I'm glad now that they're starting to realize, hey, we can't stay silent. We got to come out. You know, Ewan McGregor, the star of the show, he supported her. Everybody's been like doing the bare minimum right thing and saying like, don't be mean to our actress. She's great. Racists mm-hmm. have no place here. That's it's surprising she, he supported her because she's trying to kill him too, which is scary. Yeah, that's true. Because TV is real. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm the literal, trying to literal lady. Um, <laughs> but deal with it. But <laughs> but what I want to say is like this was not my original thought. Um, Kendra James, friend of this show, uh, who used to be the managing editor of StarTrek.com, is a friend of mine. She tweeted that you know it, it's basically said like it's almost like these franchises need to start taking a stand before the show yeah. comes yeah. out. They need to start saying, "Hey, racists, you have no place here, no place whatsoever within the content of the shit that they're making." Rather than just putting us, and I do say us, meaning like black women, people of color, just putting us in your properties and letting the show come out and then forcing us to deal with all of that and then like just defending us after the fact. You need to be infusing your content, whatever you're making, with enough of your perspective, if you really are non, you know, if you really are anti-racist, with enough of your perspective that those racists feel like they don't have a home. And I know yeah. I sound like a corporate shill because I, I work for Star Trek and I love Star Trek, but I think out of these, you know, n- nerd adjacent franchises, they have done a better job of that by literally putting that in the writing of the shows, being like, you do not belong here if you are a bigot. And people can complain and they can be like, oh, it makes it too political, whatever. But what that is doing is actively just drawing a line in the sand almost every chance they can get, almost every episode of every series to tell people who are shitty that they're not welcome there. And unfortunately, that's what it takes. And it still doesn't solve all of it because the Trek fandom still has plenty of dumbass bigots. Although I'm like, why do you like the shows? I don't understand. That's really confusing. Isn't Star Trek like the most diverse show at least of its time like when the original one came out and it's always had that sense of like like diverse uh captains yeah carriers like yeah that's just so weird they get a lot right they're not perfect they get a lot right but they're also open to criticism i i work there i know they want this they want to be better and literally like going back to the point from this caller Someone like Kendra being hired, she's a black woman, being hired to be the managing editor of the website of StarTrek.com for Mm. as long as she did. She was in control of the types of editorial pieces, the types of like, you know, open letters to the fandom and like all of these articles that were written that she was she was able to cultivate a space that also furthered that message that said, hey, not only in the body of our shows, but also on the website. If you look on there, if you're a bigot, you're not going to find a home here. And and it just takes that kind of, I don't know, reverse gatekeeping to be like, mm-hmm. you just got to do gate, it on all opening. fronts, on multiple fronts. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. Gate opening, gate but closing the, to the bigots. Yeah. I don't know how the metaphor gate changing. Works. Well, you know, though, as far as like, you know, how could, how could a white, you know, racist, let's say, uh, enjoy Star Trek? I mean, part of it possibly is sort of what we're seeing even subconsciously in this caller's manager, which is like, in the first two Star Treks, diverse, but still white men in charge. 
Right. For sure. And like there, there is a way to look at that and be like, I'm not racist, but I like the social order here. Mm, and I, right. I, I don't like it being like upset. Mm-hmm. So it's like this thing where it's like I'm cool. I'm one of the good ones. I'm still in charge. Mm-hmm. And if you're but, like, if you're super duper racist, you're gonna probably be like, ah, as long as they're on, in space and not yeah. on Earth, I love it. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're on my planet, I'm all about it. Right. You know, all those aliens, they could do whatever they want as long as they do do it in my face. Vulcans, black people, all those aliens, just don't do it in my face. <laughs> just go up there, be in space. Don't be in my, you know, in my Kroger. Don't be all <laughs> being black in front of my kids. Right. With your with your with your gay agenda, your Romulan agenda. Just keep it in space, all you aliens. Oh man. Holy um moly. that was a good Wow, we, we we I feel like we managed to do a little something, but I mean, I think the the other thing I was hearing, uh, Tony, uh, actually, you know, everyone when we were talking is like this thing of like acknowledging that like for the for the white folks, if you're actually trying to do a good job, like it takes more than just hey, you can have you can have the same thing we give to white people too. Uh, you mm. know, this goes it, it's it takes more work, but it is more rewarding to have a diverse, actually supported workplace. And yes. that includes hiring people, understanding that people have had different experiences with things like the education system, but that doesn't change like their fundamental ability to problem solve or be smart mm-hmm. or add something to your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, looking outside of just like the cookie cutter thing that works for the white guy and it, and realizing that doesn't make them any less valuable. Um, and that takes mm. like work. It takes fucking time and effort. And it's not like, it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. It's probably easier than I think, but it's it shouldn't be hard. If you're not scared of it, it's easy yeah. if you're not scared of the words. If you're not scared to be like, to just say it all the time. Yeah. And you're writing, in your marketing. And like, it really is like a multi pronged approach. There are, there are so many conversations that happen around like how to market a show and which characters get put where and which characters get put in front of other characters, like which layer on the fucking Adobe file, whose shoulder is in front of who. There are subtle things that tell people what your goals are, what your actual like, uh, what am I trying to say? Values are like if if it's really equality, it's got to come from everywhere. It's got to come from everywhere. We let's let's squeeze in one more voicemail because we're like we we've been like talking, but yeah, let's do let's do that. So basically, I go to this small rural high school in the middle of nowhere. This is a child, and I'm part of the graduating class. We had our senior breakfast, and all the seniors got together with their caps and gowns and started taking photos. And the photographer from my school, the yearbook teacher, took photos of us separated by race. And I'm not, what? I'm not sure exactly why. I don't know. There weren't any implications. <laughs> it just happened. You know, he, he didn't what? say, you know, white guys over here, you know, but it did happen. And that's <laughs> how they posted it on the school's Facebook. So I'm just, you know, curious. Yo, is this racist? <laughs> that audio was a lot less grainy than it should have been, considering it came from 1962. <laughs> it, was, it was crystal clear. That's great how you cleaned yeah. that. Yeah. The key, the key is, is we send. Yeah, we send the recorder back in time, and that's how. Ah, uh, okay. That's what it and is. So it's recorded live with modern technology, but it's it is in Jim Crow. Yes. <laughs> 
this is, there's so much wild about this. First of all, I'm dying at, hello, I am a senior in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you sound like a 46-year-old. You need to take that voice and do some kind of phone scam with it. Because I would believe that you are a grown-ass man. Oh, man. I forgot I called I called the... Uh, do a phone scam is bad advice? Tawny, no. <laughs> believe in yourself. I don't know. Just You need to capitalize on this somehow. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, so at my job where I sell insurance and have for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> at my retirement party, this yeah. happened. And boy, it made me feel weird. No, um, this is a youth... I did, I did, I thought I had uh, entitled this file, this voicemail file, segregatedyearbook.mp3, but it was actually <laughs> segregated school picks, uh, which is not as funny. Um, oh, yeah, I love that uh, Tyler, the Creator song. <laughs> is there any way, look, I mean, this this is also like in the world of, um, why am, okay, why, I'm going to grasp at the straw that is the least characteristic straw for me for some reason, I don't know why, but, but in, in so many schools that in just every every social setting in America, in our segregated ass society, people already tend to um, there's books about this. Like people just tend to have friends of the same race as them. Mm. So it's like one of those things where you almost like can envision the innocent version of this is like everyone, if you just let all the kids go to their friends and stand in a crowd, it would appear essentially segregated. Um and then the question I had was like, is it like, that's such a bad look. You cannot have that be your yearbook picture. But then by what criteria do you start integrating people? <laughs> like, how do you start fixing this problem if you're the white photographer? Oh, man. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the, the photographer is the one who made the decision, right? Well, yeah. To, but, but there's a world, I guess I'm throwing out there that like, if you just let all the kids in a high school just naturally just go where they're gonna go. Because line up lunch, with your friends. Right? Yeah, I think it's something like that, maybe. But you know, who knows? He said it but was you a know small I mean? town, also. So how many people of color were there? <laughs> like how on earth? Like I mean, to, to it, it even is more obvious because it's like if there aren't even that many people of color, then what what are you doing? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. this is why alphabetical, I guess. Yeah, go. <laughs> you by... line them up by last name. That go by last name. It's worked since kindergarten, y'all. Um, I guess I was like picturing it like the yearbook photographer came in to like them at lunch and like just like kind of gathered people based on where they were sitting. Yeah. But uh, you're saying that they were lined up and everybody just lined up where they wanted to instead of oh, their friends. Oh, I, I don't I don't know. I was just I was just throwing out. I wasn't actually paying attention to the logistics because I was too busy inventing hypotheticals in my brain that don't probably matter. Um, Got it. Well, but there's there's literally like a sociology text which I I imagine is probably a little dated, but it's mostly correct. That is. Shit, it's something about like why do all the like kids black kids you know, sit together in cafeteria? It's by Beverly Beverly Tatum. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Listen to this. Hari yeah. knows what the fuck he's talking about. Thank you, Hari. Um. So, but you know what I mean? Like that is a thing that happens. It is a phenomenon, and it is it makes tons of sense. Yeah. However, you can't have that be your fucking yearbook picture. Yeah. No. No. Like you have to pretend that your school is more integrated with itself that it is yeah right 
I still am a little confused. So did he, was he like, all right, blacks over there, whites over there, biracials, make a choice, make a choice. <laughs> like what, what did- You I, cannot be a bridge. You cannot you be a bridge between. <laughs> can I, why can I just stand in between? No, no, we're not no. doing it. No, nope, there's make a neutral a zone in between. We need one, <laughs> one side and the other. <laughs> I don't understand why was he trying to make a color spectrum? Like what was he trying to do? <laughs> what, like did he actually say like did he actually separate them? Is that what the caller is, is saying that he actually separated them? So, only because the caller said which is kind of a confusing sentence, but the caller said there's there was no intent. Like I you you can't know someone's intent first of all, but what I yeah. think they might have meant was no one did this purposefully. So it sounded more like what Andrew's talking about. Like, okay, everybody I, I get, get it together. And then everyone just did what they my, did. My guess, my here's what my actual opinion of what happened is probably based on, is the fact that the caller wasn't like, this is clearly racist. Oh, sure. Because I just think it would be so evident if that's what had gone down. But that's maybe I'm being generous to the situation. Honestly, no, no, I think because if that had got uh, gone down that would have made uh, the internet already. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, just, it, it feels like been it would have been earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, this is probably like Beverly D- Daniel Tatum's book. I think it yeah. seems like people go to where they're the most comfortable. Oftentimes it ends up being, you know, based on racial groups and then you start taking pictures and but then it's kind of tricky because if if that's an accurate assessment of who's friends with who, mm-hmm. right? Is it wrong? Why are we saying it's wrong? Do you know what I mean? Like that's the tricky thing because if it's if right. anyth- if anything, the work to break that down should have been done over the course of four years of yeah. finding ways to integrate <laughs> different people. It's not in the yearbook to cover it up. It's like right. Well, are we fi- how do we get different groups together and how do we break, the- especially in a small town like you described. Like right. the yearbook is that's not the place to try to you know yeah. sweep it under the rug. The the yearbook is a symptom, not a cure or the problem. Yeah, or the yeah 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 the problem is the problem. Yes, racism. Yeah, ever heard of it? <laughs> um. I hope not. I hope there's someone who's like, what is this? What have they been talking about? <laughs> what is um, going on? But yeah, it is, which is why, yeah, so so like doing something like alphabetical order would be papering over a problem that and pretending it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but showing the reality does also sort of have the implication of sort of an endorsement of this, like that also feels ugly. I don't know what I would do. I think if I, w- I mean... And I'm a different person than this white photographer. But what I would do is alphabetical order. Because, but yeah. that, that might could, be... That, that could backfire, though. Especially if you have, like, if it has a lot of Indians and it's a lot of Patels and Sings and stuff. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, oh, can we put all Shit. the Sikhs here? worse. <laughs> You're right. Damn. The only... What's the most egalitarian ordering? <laughs> I mean, I think you just take pictures in classrooms then, right? Because in classrooms, oftentimes they're, like, assigned seats and you just... No, oh, maybe, know, yeah. Yeah. Just don't Everybody show the kids a... ever having fun on their own. That's I think key. it has to be a random raffle. Everyone draws a raffle ticket and lines up according <laughs> to the number they That's, pulled. Yeah, like a true random, yeah. Maybe true random. Listen, if only because if you're the yearbook photographer and you don't want to be the one producing the emblem of this school's like segregated like right. society, that's not on you. There's a... 
to if you're the teacher purely to protect themselves, they should have just said, all "Mix right, it up, folks." <laughs> I have a spreadsheet, it. a spreadsheet of everyone in the school, and I'm assigning them all a random number. Yeah, and you are fucking standing in that order, and uh-huh. no one is going home until you do. You assign their spots like a <laughs> wedding dinner guests, you know, mm-hmm. at a wedding. But at weddings, dinner guests don't. Yeah, Toddy. <laughs> you're. Yeah. You try to find people you think would get along with each other, right? Yeah. That's true. And That's I guess, true. What kind of crazy ass weddings have you been invited? Like wedding roulette. Everyone just walks well, up to the. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like they. Look, it does feel like we get separated a lot. We meaning the the few black people at the last couple of weddings I've been to. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you are sprinkled every, in. Yeah. You get like divvied up amongst all the tables. <laughs> yeah, we're getting spread around, you know, <laughs> for color. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we're getting spread around the room a little bit. Um <laughs> probably for the pictures later, I bet. I should uh, stop uh, talking before someone listens <laughs> to this. <laughs> I get yelled at. Um, I'm going to start right. paying uh, more attention to that next time I get invited. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. Look at where you've been sprinkled, Hari, for color. And obviously not weddings where people of color are getting married. I'm talking about the the nice day for a white weddings. Right, Look at right. where you've mm-hmm. been sprinkled. Why am I at table 7 and 12? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to need you to move back and forth a little bit. Just we'll yeah. tell you. We'll give you your cue. <laughs> just when you see just, the photographer floating, we're just going to need you to kind of occupy We, we a couple are going to need you to hit your mark. Maybe change jackets. <laughs> you want oh, me to wear a wig? Just, okay, we you just wear got a wig you or something. A, we got you a separate jacket, just a kiss, just a kiss, if you want it. No just other costumes. No, my yeah, relatives yeah. aren't going to know the difference. They're just <laughs> you know, like a background actor on an indie where they don't have enough money for enough people, so they just <laughs> restyle you and hope the audience doesn't notice. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> we never do. Oh, um, Hari, thank you so much for for being on the show this week. It was so nice to talk to you. Sorry to have caught you. Sorry, not sorry, I guess, to have caught you after your bonkers show. But I, uh, I am so glad that uh, this was, you know, this this therapy was available to me as soon as I got <laughs> home, and I appreciate that. Yes, that's, we appreciate being the beneficiaries of it, and uh, always great to have you. Love to have you. Everybody should go to Hari's shows. Uh, you want to hit them cities again real quick and hit, tell them where to find you and follow you and all that? Sure, we'll, d- we'll do it in order of date this time. Uh, 10 and 11 of June. That's a weird way of saying that. June 10th <laughs> and 11, uh, Houston and Detroit, June 18th in Minneapolis, June 23rd through the 25th in Chicago, 28th in Baltimore, and then we record a special and an album on June 30th and July 1st in Brooklyn, New York at the Bell House. There's still tickets left for the late show on the 1st. We're recording the special, so I hope all the the, the fans of this wonderful podcast make it out. Yes, go see Hari. Go see it just to see who climbs on stage. (laughs) Or or to try to prevent those people from climbing on stage, you know? That's true. No, don't actually probably do that. That's probably, for legal reasons, not a good thing for us to have suggested. And, uh, <laughs> Hari, thank you so much for being here. Uh, what it was? 323-389-7223, 323-389-RACE. To call in with your questions. Yo, is this racist? Tronnie Newman, Kevin J. Bartelt, Andrew T., Suboptimal Pods, social media... HariKondabolu.com for all the ticket dates or you can just look in the description of the episode right here and click that. 
Yes, do that. And hell yeah. Thanks for being here, Hari. And that's it. Peace. Peace. This is Sebastian.